You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to this special episode of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Joining me, as always, is... Marcus Henson, how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm all good, thank you. <laughs> I see you dancing away there to your little intro tune, my friend. <laughs> I can't help it, I can't help it. It's just become part of the show now, it's just become part of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never be able to listen to that song again without without doing a little jig and thinking, oh, he's talking about me, oh me. <laughs> <laughs> Special moment when it comes on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So... As there are no games this week, we thought it would be a good idea to give you a rundown of our mid-season thoughts, how we think the season's gone, what we're looking forward to, players who have stood out to us, teams that have stood out to us, and just general thoughts along the season. Since our last show, we have also had the chance to chat to one of our favourite players. Find out who later in the show. Hi, this is Tony from Delicious in Hemel. If you like a bit of banter with your sandwiches, then come on down to us. We do baguettes, ciabattas, paninis. We can even discuss the LFL with you. So why don't you come and give us a try? And if you want some more details of our menu, see the links on the Legends Lounge page. We come on now to our mid-season review. And I think the first thing we should do is have a chat about those players which have stood out to us, whether they be rookies or whether they be players we knew of before, but are just having outstanding seasons so far. Marcus, who should we start with? Well, we should start with some of the people who are going to be taking part this uh, Friday coming up. And one of them I want to start with is KK Mifini, a quarterback for Seattle Mist. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, big move for her at the start of the season, going all the way to Seattle. We've obviously spoken to her earlier in the show. And, and in the last game, she's getting more and more familiar with that playbook. And they we mentioned, I think, as well in our recap of the game, that they're starting to break out a few more trick plays and, and just generally expanding what plays she uses during the game. As, as far as this sort of bye weeks happened, that's going to be the best thing for that Seattle franchise. They're going to be able to... To use KK so much more effectively, she's going to have that playbook down pat. The receivers are going to have that that timing uh, with her. They're going to adapt it. And I really like the fact that, you know, Seattle have wanted that franchise quarterback. And KK, you know, she is one that really is just needed a home to mature in. And this is where I think, the, you know, two things going hand in hand, one needing each other. It's the perfect timing. And thinking of Seattle as well, you bring me on nicely to another player I want to mention. There's a lot of talk in the league of shutdown corners and players who may consider themselves shutdown corners like Ogum Chichindu and, and Chelsea Hart at, at Los Angeles. But we also have Katie Findling, who I want to mention from Seattle Mist, because I don't know that I've seen many, if any, big plays on her this year. No, I mean, again, it's just been a great sort of uh, find for Seattle. They, they find these athletes that they can just sort of instantly place into their team you know they don't need to have like a, a lot of time to sort of like acclimatize themselves she has found quite a niche there perfectly just guarding that uh that that sort of like exterior of the defense we're going to try and roll through these quite quickly so i do apologize we've got a few to mention but thinking of the seattle los angeles game I'm going to move on now to los angeles and another player who we've spoken to this year who's really stepped up given the injury to Ashley Solano, and that is Michelle Angel. Not only is she a force on defence, but she's proving that she can effectively run that Los Angeles offence as well. Absolutely. At a time of need, she's been handed the rock. She's been told to sort of like uh, steer that ship through troubled waters, and she's handling it amazingly. 
yeah, there's no sign of any additional pressure, is there? She's just taking it all in her stride. In fact, she looks more feisty now that she's quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> well, that can only be a good thing. And it's and we know it's going to be the decider pretty much for the Western Conference this coming Friday at the Showwear Centre in Seattle. It's going to be a great game. But we'll maybe talk more about that after the game itself. So other players that have impressed going to go over to the Eastern Conference now. And I think it's only fair that we mention the player who's led the mid-season MVP vote on the LFL 360 website, Lauren Ziegler. What can you say about her? All over the league, it seems to be players that have been acquired, especially these veterans from other teams, they have just made such impacts wherever they've gone. Lauren is just one of those people. She has set fire to that steam offense. It looks dynamic. It looks aggressive. It looks attacking and it looks amazing. And there's one reason why she gets as much praise as she does, and that is because she is probably the most complete athlete in the in the LFL. And it's a it's a bold statement to make because there is a lot of great athletes in the league, but when you see someone like her with the performances she put in, you know her physique, the time she spends in training. I know all of the players spend a lot of time in the gym, but just everything about Lauren Ziegler seems to be coming to fruition this year. Yeah, and, and she can't do it without, of course, the help of a great maturing performance this year of Dakota Hughes. She is adapted into this this new year. She's another year older, wise in that system, and those two have just been the perfect match for each other. Peyton Manning and Wes Welker territory. Exactly. <laughs> Dakota being a, a big Peyton fan, so yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, other players in the Eastern Conference, Marcus, that you may want to mention? You you can't mention the East without at least talking about Ali Alberts. Oh, yeah, she's, she's on my list as well for obvious reasons. We speak very highly of her, for again, for, for the obvious reasons. All you have to do is just watch her games. And in particularly that last game, it was only Omaha. But how wound up was she getting? That was some serious, feisty Alberts. Yeah, she's taking charge of that defence. She runs it absolutely perfectly. She, she's she got all her troops in line and she wants to win every single down. Not only that, on the offensive side of the ball, she is just absolutely nightmare to try and defend she's just so tall she's such a presence she's such a good catch I I think that again she's just there's so many players now are becoming so rounded both offensive and defensively that they are just becoming superstars on both sides of the ball and a great future for the league when you look at those prospects and also the last one I want to finish off with and that is Dominique Malloy of the Las Vegas Sin we can't talk about the future of the league without talking about the fire plug that is Dominique Malloy. She is exciting to watch. She is just show-stopping. And like you say, it's the breakneck speed. Um, she's young. She's clearly going to become um, an amazing asset for that Sin team, um, like face of the franchise, as you say, going forward. And she's just going to be dominant if she continues. And I would love to see her get in 20-plus snaps. Just give her the ball, see what happens, because the teams at the moment don't seem to be able to stop her. I mean, she's one of those backs, a bit like Peterson, where you wouldn't be surprised if her first run went the whole length of the field. You don't know what's going to happen every time she touches the ball. It's exciting. Fans want excitement. This league wants excitement. It does. But on a slightly sour note now, we're going to come on to those who maybe have disappointed us this season. And uh, I'm afraid I also have to start with Las Vegas in on this one because they've not had the best of starts. And there's a couple of key players that we need to talk about. One being Cindy Cummings. She's having that sophomore slump, I think, is the best way to describe it. Yeah, it's just the mechanics. I'm not sure whether the off-season is clear. There's a lot of... Um, a lot of chop and changing uh, in, in the off season, and I don't know whether it's sort of adapted to 
hinder the mechanics. Um, the feet aren't quite there. The footwork's not quite there. The presence in the pocket's not quite there. It's just, it seems a, a little bit of rust has formed. Yeah, definitely. And there doesn't seem to be that same connection or um, chemistry with Cynthia Smith this year either. No, that, that was such a potent combination last year, much as the sort of Hugh Sigler of this year. And it's just, it's just not there. The dazzle's gone out of it. Like you say, maybe it's just a bit of rust, um, but it definitely needs to come back. Yeah, then they've got four games left now where hopefully they can prove that because if, if they play to their potential, which we hope that they will do, then they can be the deciding factor in that Western Conference regardless of what happens uh, this weekend. Exactly, and and you mentioned the Western Conference. That takes me nicely on to someone I, I feel that maybe has just understaked themselves a little bit this year, and that is Carmen Borso. She had an amazing first game against Las Vegas, and I just feel that the last couple of games against the Mist, she's just not quite sort of found her feet she's got a few good runs in but her hands have failed her when she needs to make decisive catches i think she's a better player than that you know we've spoken to her you know she puts in 150 160 percent and i think she knows that she can do so much better than what she's managed to get out of the season so far Absolutely. And if they want to progress in, in the league, they have to have a run game. I know we hear a lot of the time on the commentary that you've got to have a passing game if you want to do well in the, in the Legends Cup. But what we've seen over the last couple of years has been quite the contrary. You have to have a solid run game. You have to be able to control the ball. You have to be able to take the time off the clock and stop your opponents from scoring. It's about that solid run game and a monster defense which is what Seattle have got this year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's just one of those things. You, you're looking at sort of like um, the, the run game, the way the, the, the game's developed. That's what makes it so annoying when you see the other person on my list is is going to be Coach Dante Allen of, of Omaha Heart, where it just seems that the off-season just wasn't there. There was no preparation. There was no rebuilding. And there wasn't just seemed to be the, the urgency of them bringing those players in. They've got now the mid-season acquisition shall we say and I like the fact that there's they, they have a, a great range of abilities they're not just all defensive or all that you know we've got uh, Heber Hudson who can play offensive defensive yeah Anonka Dixon that, that star quarterback uh, league play Payne who also again tight end the end you know everything's got a little bit of work on there but I just think that what he managed to get out the heart last year, this year's a bit of a disappointment. I can totally understand that. And they don't have some of the key players on defence, obviously, from last year. So they don't have Jacqueline Smith. Um, they don't have Teresa Petrozulio. So they're quite big players to lose, to be fair. But at the same time, yeah, you, you do, we do wish we see more. And, and Heather, I think, is going to bring that to them. Heather Hudson, I'm sure, will be one of the driving factors in moving that offence forward. We're now going to take a look at how the league stands at this point. First place to start is the Eastern Conference because we know that Chicago have guaranteed their playoff place and will be hosting the conference playoff games on the 15th of August, um, including their game against Atlanta, which will decide who represents the East in the Legends Cup. Yeah, I mean, the East is kind of, is blocked itself out now and it's, it's that sort of keeping yourself game ready to go because the 15th is going to come very quickly. You probably know from your training, training cannot simulate a game. No, it can't. No matter how hard you train and no matter how many hours you put in, you, you have to get the games in to get the experience. Exactly. We'll come on now to the Western Conference. Now, we know both Seattle and Los Angeles are at 2-1. and one. 
and they've got their big showdown this Friday to decide probably which one of them represents the West in the playoffs. And Las Vegas, even though they're 0-2, they still have a great shot of making the playoffs. Absolutely. Like you say, they've got four games left to play. They've got the most to play for. I mean, I think 4-2, and two, they basically have to play both teams twice. So therefore, you're literally sitting there going, they can basically knock one team out and replace them. They go 4-0 and in this last run if they get things set. They're going to get their spot. They're going to get their day on the 15th to try and get into that Legends Cup. So that's why I love how it's all to play for. Uh, LA, you know, the fact is your season's taking a little bit of a, a hiccup. I mean, like I say, they, they managed to go to Seattle, get the win. Um, okay, so few key injuries along the way. You're dealing with that. You're going to make do and you're going to actually still come out and compete. You can still compete. Do you want to be number one or do you want to just graze in at number two? I think LA will want to come in as number one. And Seattle, they've always had people sitting there questioning them, you know, the, the sort of the perfect season. Um, and, and people are saying, when are you going to get to the big game? When are you going to win that cup? You know, so I think this is their year to shut them all up. Yeah, you'd hope so. And the same with Atlanta as well. They've got a lot to prove and Atlanta need to get to the Legends Cup final to show that they should be considered as one of the best teams in the league. Now, in my luck, I've got this feeling that it's, it'll end up being the Las Vegas Sin Atlanta Steam Legends Cup, just to spite <laughs> me from my earlier predictions. <laughs> Someone out there is betting against you. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. But on that note, uh, we will be back with our special guests. The world's fastest growing sport arrives to YouTube. Legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms inside the huddle. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. And fully games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL Action. This is Lauren Ziegler with the Atlanta Steam, and you're listening to the LFL Talk with Adrian Marcus. I just want to be given the chance. You were the pioneers that built women's football. The opportunity to succeed. Or even to fail. You are the league of their own. You ain't got no chance to redeem yourself. This is it. The LFL. Fuse Saturdays starting April 18th. Joining us now on this special edition of LFL Talk is running back and defensive lineman for the Seattle Mist, Stevie Schnorr. Welcome to the show, Stevie. Hi, thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Now, to begin the interview, please can I ask you to advise our listeners what you were doing prior to joining the LFL and who or what it was that inspired you to start playing? Sure. Um, I was into rugby. I've been playing for about 17 years. And so I was doing that very competitively before I started the LFL. And as my rugby career started to taper a little bit, I was 
looking for something else to um, fill that void a little bit for myself. And one of my friends from high school actually approached me about playing in the LFL Canada League uh, its first year that it was um, up here. So I was interested, went out for a tryout and fell in love with it right away and have been playing ever since. And was the tryout your first experience of American football then or had you played at all before? Um, I played a little bit of flag football up here. There's some co-ed leagues and some women's teams. Um, so I have played football before, but not in regards to the full full contact, um, seven-on-seven rules and things like that, which is what LFL is. And I just want to touch on your rugby background that you mentioned there, because I think not only playing at club level, but I believe you were also a captain as well for the national team. Is that correct? Well, I did play on the national team um, for a few years. I had played on the provincial team since I was 15 and then kind of uh, just continued playing age grade Canada and then uh, eventually for the senior women's for three caps. So that was definitely um, a highlight of my rugby career. And, and which teams did you get to play in your three caps? I played uh, England, USA and South Africa. And I have to ask which, which one would be was, would you say was the toughest Oh, I don't know. They were at different points in my in my career. So England was my first one. And when I went in, I was basically just trying not to screw up. So <laughs> um, as as I got, got more experience and was a little bit less nervous, then um, I was able to push myself a little bit and be an actual effective player um, on the field during those other ones. So I'd say probably the U.S. game was the most hard-hitting one that I played in. And you mentioned there that you started your career in LFL Canada for the BC Angels, but what was it that made you come down to play in LFL US for Seattle Mist? Well, as I said, my first year was with the Angels, and that was obviously very successful. Um, us winning the championship was an awesome year. Um, after that, we played in the Pacific Cup against the Seattle Mist. Um, the BC Angels played against them, and that was a super exciting game playing in Seattle. And then the next year, when LFL Canada started again, um, the season was obviously cut before it started. And just I basically just wanted to play football. So I talked to um, the coach, Chris Michelson of Seattle Miss, and just said, look, I want to come down. I want to play. Our season was canceled. And uh, we kind of just went from there. I played in the uh, Pacific Cup with Seattle versus L.A. Um, and then just continued on playing in the season last year. Um, and then loved it so much that I came back this year. I'm sure they're grateful for it because for the last couple of years, you've definitely been a cornerstone of, of their offense for sure. And, and last year you were also nominated for the league MVP. So what was that experience like? It was awesome. It was an honor to be up there with um, the other athletes that were nominated as well. I mean, there's so many great athletes in this league. It's really um, hard to pick a few that are are nominated. And honestly, there are some that aren't nominated that uh, could have been up there just right next to me. So um, it was it was definitely um, an amazing experience. And I'm very thankful to even have been nominated for it. And I think Marcus will be able to help me out here. But if it wasn't for Christelle Harris, I was pushing hard for you to be the league. Well, for our podcast MVP last year. Isn't that right, Marcus? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was absolutely outstanding what you've done, especially as you say, it's only been a couple of years that you've really sort of come to grips with football. Yeah, well, I mean, my rugby background has definitely helped me in that regard. 
um, just kind of being used to contact and taking contact and, and tackling and things like that. Um, there was a, a learning curve for sure, um, just with the, the little aspects of, of football, learning kind of the game and the ins and outs and things that I could do to become a player and think and all that stuff. But yeah, as I said, um, there's just, there's so many good athletes out there. So I, I can't really, I can't really say that I'm, I'm the top of the litter. I think there's just way too many to name. Just want to come and say you're playing for Seattle now, but have you relocated to Seattle at all, or is it close enough for you to 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 get to uh, for training and things like that? Uh, no, I haven't relocated to Seattle. I'm still in Canada. Um, I have my job and things like that here. Um, so I do travel down every weekend for practice. We put in a lot of work every weekend. We usually practice three times for three or four hours every weekend that I go down. So we get a lot of time in um, on the weekends with our entire team. I mean, it doesn't take super long. It's about three hour drive for me. And uh, a lot of the other girls, depending on where they live in Seattle and the surrounding area, they drive, I mean, an hour, an hour and a half in traffic as well. So realistically, I'm not really going that much farther than some of the other girls on the team. And in training, you have one of the best coaches in the league in Chris Michelson. And I have to ask uh, all of the Seattle players this, but what's he like to play for? He's amazing to play for, actually. I mean, people see a side of him on the field that's um, pure passion and pure heart. And you know what? I honestly wouldn't want to play for a coach that doesn't have the kind of passion and heart that he has. And you know what? If, if you do your job as a player and you know your stuff and you go out there and practice and you work hard, you know what? He's perfect he's supportive he pushes you um and all that but it's when you don't know you don't know your stuff and you're not putting in the effort and you're not giving just as much heart as he has and that's when you see um his wow clips type type attitude but you know what honestly i think he's one of the best coaches that i've ever had he's super smart he knows the game inside and out and yeah it's just been a pleasure to uh, be able to learn from him and have you felt yourself on the other end of any of these tirades like he gave Megan Hansen a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> uh, I can luckily say that I haven't been. Um, I do definitely put in a lot of work to ensure that I'm not on the other end of these <laughs> tirades, but I better knock on some wood because we still have some season left. So I can imagine. Now, in your first three games this year, you've had um, 244 rushing yards and a couple of touchdowns. How much of that would you say was your own ability and how much would you attribute to your O-line, which now contains Danica Brace? Oh, I have to honestly, yeah, any person can get the ball and run with it. Um, but if you don't have good blockers up front, I'm not going anywhere. So honestly, like 99.9% of the yards that I get is due to the people in front of me. Um, I, I can take very, very little credit for the yards that I get. Honestly, I have to give it all to my blockers up front. And they, they are doing a really good job this year of finding me the gaps. And thinking of Danica, what's she like to play alongside? Um, she's awesome. She she loves the game so much, and you can just tell that she puts her heart and soul into every single play and every tackle. I actually met her when I was up in Australia this past year, um, and I got to be roommates with her. And you know, going to the gym with her every day and just like day to day stuff. Like she's just a pure athlete. She's in every sense of the word, she's an athlete in everything that she does. 
and it was awesome to live with her and it's even better to play with her. I mean, I definitely would way rather have her on my team than play against her, that's for sure. We come on now to your last game against Las Vegas Sin um, in week 10. We saw you initially move to tight end in place of uh, DSK. Which position do you prefer, tight end or running back? You know, I, I will play wherever my team needs me to play in the end. As long as I come out or we come out with a W, it doesn't matter to me. If I'm holding a Legends Cup trophy over my head in August, you could put me anywhere. I don't care. And thinking of the Legends Cup, it's actually been announced recently that the Legends Cup itself is going to be played in Seattle. So what do you make of that? And does that spur you on even more to try and get to the final? Oh my gosh, that is so, it is so exciting to know that the finals are going to be there. Honestly, I mean, people can say, but we truly have the best fans in the league and playing at all these other stadiums against these other teams and then coming home to like four or five thousand fans just screaming is, is amazing to have, um, that kind of arena to play in with those kinds of fans. It just makes the experience of playing in the LFL that much better and sweeter and so oh my the motivation I mean I was already motivated to obviously make that Legends Cup final but knowing that it's going to be in Seattle that would that would just make it that much sweeter I just want to come back now to the game against Las Vegas and there were times when they seemed to be in complete wilderness and not know what to do and, and they sort of started to come together after the second quarter but what areas if any do you think they would need to work on to be competitive in the Western Conference? Um, you know what they have they have some really good athletes um, I know they've acquired some girls recently and you know what they went out there um, and they did a really good job for the amount of practice time they've had as a team so obviously I think that team dynamics is very important and you can have have a lot of athletes on your team but if you don't if you don't create that team atmosphere and have that kind of team mold then um, I think you can only go so far um, there's there's something to be said for kind of knowing the person next to you and how they play and um, so on and so forth so I think that going forward um, they'll probably only get better as their team um, spends more time together and I'm just going to bring Marcus in again now because I know he has a question or two for you I, I actually really like that last bit you said because we, we spoke to Heather Hudson a few weeks back and she said the same sort of thing about the team coming together to make it but um, I, looking ahead and we were just talking about the hype around uh, the, the, the final and getting to the, the Legends Cup and you can kind of call it the halfway point in the season. Um, there's still a lot of games to play, potentially three more games plus a playoff and a final. How do you and the team prepare to stay healthy and make sure you get to the, you know, the Legends Cup in your, your home city? Well, that's the thing. Um, being healthy is half the battle. Practice doesn't end on the weekend when I drive home on the Sunday, you know, um, I spend, I spend the week training on my own and doing my own football training and also um, taking care of my body. I mean, if that means physio time, if that means ice bath every night, you know what, then that's what it means. But each player truly has to be very conscious of their body and things that it's telling you and keeping up the training as you're going along to be able to make it to the end. Because if your body can't sustain game after game, then then it doesn't matter if you get to the end because you'll have five people left. Looking ahead to that, of course, the next big game, it's got to be said, taking on LA again. A lot of people looking at this to be the sort of like the tiebreaker, the, the deciding factor. You've got one win each. Looking ahead to it, what do you think are the key elements going into that game? 
Oh, man, that is a grudge match coming. I can't wait. Honestly, every time we play L.A., it is just back and forth, hard hitting both ways. You just never know what's going to happen each play. Both teams are just in it to win it 100%. And that's awesome. I mean, that's the kind of football you want to be watching and seeing in this league. I think going into it, I mean, we've both seen each other play against each other twice now and then against the other team. So, I mean, it's it's not like we have any secrets or surprises, but realistically, it's going in there and doing your jobs and doing the little things right, keeping your blocks, um, catching the ball if it's within distance. All these little things are, are going to make the big differences in the end. And also on that, would that be remembering to stretch the ball out as well when you're getting pushed up against the sideline? Because there was, I hate to bring it up, there was an incident a couple of weeks ago, I think it was on the fourth down where as your body went into the the wall the the ball wasn't stretched out so you didn't get the the first I think that was in the first game against uh, oh I remember it very very vividly (laughs) Um, actually that that one I will 100% take as my fault I thought it was third down so um, that was just me Um, I need to be in the game more and know these types of things so um, that was 100% my fault on that one but Going forward, I definitely will not make that mistake again. And I'm sure you can be forgiven with the, the yards and the contribution you give to the team. I'm, I'm sure the coach <laughs> won't mind on, on that one oh, occasion, yeah. as long as it doesn't happen again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No mistakes twice. And just to finish off, Stevie, please can I ask you to give our rookie listeners or those new to the sport three reasons why they should watch the LFL? Honestly, I've played competitive sports my whole life and uh, playing football in the LFL has been some of the hardest hits like I've ever felt. Um, as I said before, it's just a league full of elite athletes. And no matter what you want to think about its old name, the Laundry Football League and so on and so forth, it is not a gimmick. It is, it's just pure athletes out there hitting each other and making amazing plays. I mean, you even watch our last game against Vegas and there are some crazy catches and crazy hits going on. And that's just what it is. The uniforms are a very, very small part of, of what the actual game is. And you know what? It's just an amazing amazing sport to watch in in an amazing arena if you ever get the chance to watch it in the arena being there with 4000 fans screaming uh it's it's pr- like any NFL game you're wa- you'll watch it's intense it's crazy to the end and it's just I can't even explain it. It's something you'll you'll never experience the same thing in your entire life. Thank you very much for that. And on behalf of myself and Marcus and all of our listeners, Stevie, we'd like to thank you very much for your time today and good luck for the rest of the season. Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Well, that wraps it up from us for another week. I'd like to thank our special guest, Stevie Schnorr. Also, Marcus Henson. Of course, Mark Taylor, our producer from Spamhead Productions. Don't forget, our shows are broadcast on the LFL 360 website. They're also available on iTunes, 
Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and our more recent shows are available on the Awake Radio Network. Remember? Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. And until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. Bye.